Well, the music's gone. Oh. Just, just like that. What oh. happened? It just oh. shut off. Oh. Mike and Louie. Oh. Horse racing happy hour. Oh. Oh, What's up? Hey, man. Our boy Zach is back. We missed him. Zach. The pick is in. It is NBA draft night, so we do have. We'll get a lot of that pick is in. Uh, you know, Zach, pop on real quick. We need to know about the Disney experience. How was the Disney experience? Um, Prefaced with Zach took wife, three kids in a camper, drove from Texas to Orlando. Go. We went to Gulf Shores. That was amazing. Um, I do like Gulf Shores, by the way. It's. I told Louie this, and it is it is sacrilegious to most Americans, but Universal Studios is better than Disney. What's that? Universal Studios is better than Disney. Oh, you like a little Harry Potter world. All right. And Simpsons and yeah. Transformers and, and Spider-Man is there. And <laughs> <laughs> did you get a wand? Uh, we did. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did all the stuff in Diagon Alley. Did you put um, We did not do that. No? Yeah, but I am Slytherin. I haven't but, seen any um, of that or read any of it, and I'm definitely Slytherin. You're yes, definitely Slytherin. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, we went, so Disney, I discovered, is Walt Disney bought way too much property, and they decided to fill it with stores with one or two rides in between the stores. Can I just give my greatest piece of parenting advice that I've ever? Please do. Like, <laughs> when we took the kids to Disney, and, you know, the Nia was probably, I don't know, first grade. They were like six and three. Seven and four in that range, right? So we told them, we said, "Hey, you can buy whatever you want. Here's t- here's a hundred dollar gift card each. Once you spend it, it's gone. Okay. But you can buy whatever you want with it." Okay. And they this is didn't... not advice so far. This is a story, but keep going. right. But the advice <laughs> is they didn't ask for anything. Like it, they were the oh, last okay. day with keep their gift card. Yeah, yeah. Like holding on to it, like you know, because you're gonna get if you don't do something like that, you're gonna get beat up every second. Like, oh, can I get this? Can I get that? And it's like, yeah, you can get that. You got your gift card, and then they were really starting to think, it's like, should I spend my gift card on this? Got it. It was the it is the way to go with with Disney for sure. And you know, they lo- they got to make their own decision. It was well, it was go. great. Yeah. You want to set up the show tonight? I mean, we're gonna have a good show. We had a great show last week without Zach. And so it's going to be a pretty good show here with Zach. Uh, oh, it's, you we know. got lucky last week. So if, if, if you missed last week's show, we go ahead and have Jenna Antonucci on it. She's great. Jenna Antonucci. Hey. Oh, oh. Jenna. Whoa. Hey. hey. Uh, we go back to that part of the world this week with our guy, Jerry Mack. Dude, um, just wait until you meet Jerry Mack. Going back to the East Coast, going back to Jersey, as we did at Monmouth last <sighs> week. Hey, how did the uh, how the handicapping go uh, for that? You <laughs> killed it. You hit your <laughs> – you had a nice, <laughs> nice ticket. Hopefully you played that pick four. You would have what? What two hundred fifty bucks? Something like that? Yeah. What was it? Yes, yeah. that's not bad. And you know what it was? Is, is that last race was the one where I kind of got besmirched on the uh, I got besmirched on the United Nations prep, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I think you can look outside. I think the five and the six here, you know, pickles and you know whatever else. And you were like, it's it's Tribuvin. He's gonna win. Like, what are we doing here? And then Tribuvin faded, and I was like, oh, we're gonna make a couple hundred. I don't think here. I was on Tribuvin. I just didn't think <laughs> I liked your horse. And then when we did the well, show, Commander didn't win. The pickle yeah. horse won. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. When we did the uh, ESPN show. The next day, I kind of was like, you know what? I can start to see where you're coming with commandeering. So, and how did commandeering do? I actually didn't see the race. So, uh, lost by three likes or something. Okay, yeah, hey. all right, not bad. Finished next to Tribute Man. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so it is. We got Zach back. We got we we got the NBA draft going on because it is one of I do like the NBA draft yeah. for whatever reason. Well, you're Louisvilleian. We're the number one market yeah, for, for it, college yeah. basketball and all that kind of stuff. And um, we 
we're gonna have like you said jerry mack come on we're gonna have larry ravelli potentially coming on talk a little well, how we didn't even i mean like didn't mention larry ravelli though for the that's show that's pretty big two fills yeah, trainer two larry fills. ravelli uh and uh he'll be back in the as the eight to five favorite in the ohio derby which is where we're going uh for handicapping this week by the way if you're interested um uh, Dan Issel and I will have the Cleveland Plain Dealers Turf Rider on tomorrow. How about that? Why do they call it Thistle Down instead of Thistle Downs? That's what I want to know. Oh, I'll ask him more. That's the question. That's what America wants to know. Like <laughs> everyone else, it's Churchill. Did you see Downs. the first year they ran the Ohio Derby? No. It's like the year after the Kentucky Derby. Oh, it's that old. Really? You, you, you do get that the word is Thistle Down, right? Yeah, Thistle well, Down. It's all word one word. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But usually, like if you're talking about. Like to make it part of a racetrack, you'd be like thistle downs. Okay, but the word but is thistle down. It would down. be thistle down downs is Zach's point. I understand. Yes. That. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I would it's just thistle down for real. It's coming down for real. Do we get dinged on yeah, uh, YouTube? YouTube, yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so let's watch the replays though. Can we hold on? Hold on. Zach's not even ready with the replays. Like, give Zach a chance. All right. You so sure about be- that? before, look, they're not down there. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure about it. So. Um, let's before we get to the replays of what happened at Monmouth, we have plenty of time. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Hoosier Philly coming up with the big performance because Hoosier Philly just didn't go to the pea patch and beat wet paint. I mean, Hoosier Philly destroyed wet paint, and we talked Most about part right it. now was a get out front, stay out front track on the dirt, by the way. It, it would it 100% is. But we've been, you know, we thought Hoosier Philly ran better when we saw her and and uh, at Pimlico. And oh, I agree with that. And then now, like, is you know, are we going to start to get the Hoosier Philly that we thought we were going to get? And you know, can she? I think the hope with her, if you're a fan, is she runs at Churchill in September and in November, right? Okay, yeah. And maybe with Keeneland in between, if she's just better in in Kentucky, I don't know. Um, but it seems to be that she is better here than she is. I mean, the, really, her hiccups are what in New Orleans, right? Yeah. So if she just doesn't like New Orleans, she ran well enough at Pimlico. So you're saying you're saying no to the distaff for her? Yeah, I'm saying no to that. Okay. I don't think she's there. I don't know if any of these three-year-olds are there. Interesting. Pretty mischievous? She can show that she is. Okay. She has a chance at the Oaks and the CCA Oaks and then in the uh, in the Alabama for sure. All right. Let's go to the Pegasus Stakes where you saw Kings Barnes return here after the Derby. Uh, he finishes second and earns a spot in the Haskell. Let's take a look at this. It's Subrogate went 111 and four for three quarters of a mile, and Subrogate and Kingsbarn, they're shoulder to shoulder at the top of the stretch. Kingsbarns is trying to push on by and now has put a neck in front. Subrogate is very game to the inside. How great is Nate is trying to re-rally and salute the stars on the grandstand side. Kingsbarns is having to work. Salute the stars with a huge effort. Kingsbarns, salute the stars. Kingsbarns, salute the stars. Kingsbarns, salute the stars. Okay, we had a lot of besmirchment about Kings Barnes, um, his time in the Louisiana Derby, right? Okay. His pace. Yes. We just saw a closer win when the opening fraction was 23-7. Right. That's a slow pace for a closer to come in and be able to take that win. Right. Yeah. I think that everything oh, we were talking about Kings Barnes is legit. Is all of point. it's legit. He got a perfect trip. Yeah. Salute the Stars had all kinds of trouble. And still picked off that race, and is now an absolute problem in the Haskell. No okay. questions asked, especially if there's a faster pace than that. If there's any more to run into than that, oh my goodness, yes. Redcox 
picking another good spot here. Uh, by the way, was listed wrong in some of the resources I saw that he ran on turf last time. Actually, it was taken off turf last time. Oh, taken off. All right. Um, at, at Churchill. Still a good track. Um, but Churchill's uh, a good track. Won the uh, <laughs> one over a mile and eighth, turns back around. And Mamet does the exact same thing. Boy, that horse started coming, and I thought, this, this might help the pick four a little if that horse gets up, and he did. We played two of the first leg, and that was wonderful. Of course, we get Gary West, Gary and Mary West, uh, the owner there, Brad Cox, the trainer, Joel Rosario. really good for the West. I don't know that they've ever had. There's, it's the little guys. Again, it's the little, the little guys, guys in the sport that really need that help. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we, you know, Brad Cox, I think this could be the summer. You know, obviously, Brad Cox had great derby runners, but he's going to have these late bloomers too i mean we might see another he's got a one chance on a derby. Derby. yeah he's got a chance um he's gonna have a chance we know he's gonna sure. have a stable of horses at the indiana derby absolutely no question we don't know who the horse is yet could be, be you know there. maybe he runs this horse back you know he goes for that little uh midwest triple crown that we've been trying to get them to start or if he likes this you know uh, uh it's a salute the stars right mm -hmm. okay Maybe salute the stars comes back because we still have two full weeks here. Sure, he runs in the end. I don't know. They think he's fit. Who knows? Three three weeks. Not so ridiculous. All right. Well, so that was salute the stars winning that for Brad Cox. Um, you know, we'll see if there's enough pace uh, for him to take down uh, the Haskell. All right, Zach. So we're going to go to our next replay, uh, which is consumer spending. Win the Eaton Town. This slow pace, they went 113.50. Vergara at the top of the lane has got the lead. Gina Romantica now sprints after her at the rail is surprisingly looking for that seam and consumer spending four across the course. Vergara is trying to gut it out for a final furlong. Consumer spending to the outside. Vergara's game, but consumer spending is best. Consumer spending wins the Eaton Town. Surprisingly up for second, then came Vergara. All right, Zach, you were not here last week, but I know you enjoy Family Guy. Can you name the track announcer at Monmouth? I tried to give you as much of a hint as possible. His name is Chris Griffin. How about that? Oh, there you go. So, <laughs> also calls races, of course, at Aqueduct. Uh, there you go. I was I was on YouTube, uh, so I didn't get the chance to click in. But yes, oh, I knew sorry. that yeah. was Chris Griffin. <laughs> I love Chris Griffin. He's very excitable. I like Chris. There you go. Uh, By the way, the, the only thing I said before that race was the Eatontown uh Feeds to oh gosh what is it uh, the um, matchmaker matchmaker thank you and Chad Brown's won five of the last six matchmakers uh, consumer spending trade by Chad Brown seemed to be a good choice here as well so we got away again from Gina Romanica who I Came think fourth that, and I think that was more just get her legs underneath her get ready for the matchmaker sure. probably yeah. um, I think we'll see her again next month but consumer spending looked really really good that's the style that definitely can win that race again uh, next month and the favorite went off at uh, surprisingly surprisingly was the favorite. Uh, we had surprisingly in our in, in we had three horses in that race. And, or a guy, um, who's what's the guy's name we had for Monmouth last week? Why well, am I forgetting? Brian, his right? Brian, yeah, he uh, for Monmouth, yeah, he uh, he loves surprisingly. That was his pick, and uh, that horse had to make a move next to the rail and didn't want to do it. Did you notice that? Yep, got up there, the lane was there, and, and the horse went, eh, I don't know. And so, um, we were covered both ways on our ticket, but uh, had that horse surprisingly, frankly, because under Paco Lopez, you would have assumed that he would have gotten that horse through. Just didn't work out on Saturday. So that was uh, consumer spending for with Sammy Camacho aboard. Again, Chad Brown is the trainer uh, taking down that, and we'll get that start in the matchmaker. So, yeah, you know. How many guys do we watch take their phone away from their girlfriend tonight? Take their phone away from their girlfriend? Well, listen, none of these guys – should be dumb enough to have their girlfriends with their phone. Like if you're around this culture, 
typically like Brandon Miller for sure. He's he's got a couple girls agreed that don't know about each other. Agreed. Or, or he's got one girl that doesn't know about the other ones, <laughs> and the other girls know about the main one. Well, he's got right, yeah. what the main, the wifey. They got they got like a there's like a pecking order that I used to know how it all went. But yeah, this is is that Jack Harlow? No, all right. Uh, there's no, but he's going to score just as many points in the NBA as Jack Harlow. <laughs> Have you watched the White Man Can't Jump remake? No. No, no. Uh, I respect myself a little more than that. <laughs> straight to Hulu. White man can't <laughs> straight joke. Straight to Hulu. So, well, uh, Olivier Maxence. All right, let that. me while we while we're waiting on Jerry Mack to to pop on, which you know, hopefully he'll pop on here any second. Here, it's, we got a couple minutes before he's supposed to be on. We told him eight o'clock. Uh, let me just kind of like preface, I guess, how we got connected with Jerry Mack okay, and who, yes. and who Jerry Mack him, is. Yeah. So. Uh, I think most people know that I own a real estate office in Louisville, Kentucky. We have uh, we have some extra office space. I have I definitely have more office space than I need. Is that true, Louis? You used to need all of it, but now you don't need all. Of it. No, I've never needed all of it. Well, all of it. Yeah, now, yeah. Because yeah. we got like almost four thousand square feet. That's fair enough. So, uh, Mike's house fits in his office twice. Yeah, right. yeah, almost. almost. Um, it's a joke. We had um, so we were connect- connected with this production company who's making a a, a horror movie. In Louisville, uh, the Louisville seven movies being made in Louisville this summer. By the way, by the way, that's yeah. what happens when you have decent government incentives. That's right. How about that? <laughs> and the director of this movie is a guy named Paul Pompa, and Paul Pompa the third is the director. Paul Pompa Jr. is his father who passed away. Was the original owner of Big Brown and had uh, had part of Big Brown when he won the Kentucky Derby. Well, Jerry Mack is who we're going to have on and you know we're covering a lot of new york racing right now a lot of jersey racing right now and uh jerry mack is paul pompa's uh racing manager stable manager so part of our one-on-one sequence here we're gonna have jerry mack on now listen jerry mack has been in this game for over 20 years mm. and he's got all the stories i mean this is the situation whenever jerry gets on here that we're just gonna have to like you know drop a quarter in there wind the machine up and let him go and uh, hopefully you guys are going to get some straight Jersey stories and uh, and you're going to love every second of it. But it, yeah, that's it's weird how the, you know, we get hooked up with a movie company and making horror films and making horror films. <laughs> and there's this horse racing connection that's, you know, to, the, you know, one of the greatest derby performer horses, uh, horses of all time. So I'm really interested to talk to him about. Did you say horses? I did almost. I did think I did say. Yeah. Horses. OK, just check it. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested just to talk about you know how they got to, how they got Big Brown in the first place, the yeah. story behind that. Uh, they've also owned Country Grammar uh, before he was trained by Bob Baffert. Uh, they're, they'll talk about their strategy that they had, where like they weren't afraid to sell a horse, mm, right? And then uh, the the horse that they still have the breeding rights to is Connect, which of course Mr. Issel yeah, is a big show, fan. Issel, that's right. Yep. Yeah, so that's what we got coming on here. Uh, if if Jerry gets on the show, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And maybe maybe he doesn't. You know, maybe, uh, this is live and talk NBA we, for a couple minutes. We can talk to NBA until we get He's our next Jersey guest. stuff going on. How about you? Don't worry about that. Yeah, you never know uh, with Jerry Mack. We will have a couple uh, four segment show. Very unusual for us uh, to have a four segment show. We will have Jerry on next for our uh, hit, our horse racing one on one. Then we'll have uh, Larry Ravelli on. Just got confirmation from him. Uh, trainer of two fills, of course, the favorite in the Ohio Derby, the Grade Three Ohio Derby this weekend. Half million bucks in that one. How about that? Um, in a very serious field in the Lady Jacqueline right before it as well. Um, so this is a uh, a very cool uh, close to the day there. Interstate Daydream, who uh, Zach and I saw a couple years ago. Oh yeah, Black Eyed Susan. That's a great horse at, right uh, there. Pimlico, and then um, she won the um, 
Uh, came back on the Indiana Oaks as well. Uh, and then, of course, this year came back. We saw her this year on um, on uh, 19th was uh, Preakness Day. We saw yep. her win the DuPont. And yep. so ahead of Misty Vale and uh, Leda Vita, who are both in that field as well. 63 calibers in that field. Uh, coming off a really good run in the Shawnee. Okay. Uh, ran right behind Idiomatic, which is another one of Brad Cox's potential summer absolute blockbusters. And so a bunch of really good horses in that 11th race. The, the, the late double, I mean, as far as quality, very, very high end in, in Cleveland this weekend. Okay. Yeah. there. It is. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to go to Cleveland, but I guess to go to the Howell Derby. Because if if you want to understand Bone Thugs and Harmony. Boom, 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 boom. And how 40 ounces just taste better. In Cleveland, you have to go to Cleveland to discover those. Things. We are all in agreement about how underrated Bone Thugs and Harmony is. Uh, as far as yeah, Zach, are you on board with that? I don't know if Zach likes. I used to person. live in Columbus, Ohio, and Busy Bone came into the local oh, right. uh, cheesecake factory, and I would hang out and drink with him. All right, that's right. That's right. All right, we got our man Jerry. Jerry Mack is here. So there's Jerry McClennan. Jerry, <laughs> how's it going, sir? Could you guys hear me? You hear me? Yeah, we got you, Jerry. We got you. So, Jerry, I was kind of telling our listeners a little bit about you. Uh, do you want to play my open here? Yeah, let's. We, we're going to do a little. We get this is our one hundred and one segment, so we're going to play our little uh, read here real quick. Uh, uh, promise. What? You promise? I promise. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Horse Racing 101 with the Horse Racing Happy Hour, sponsored by the Maryland Horse Breeders Association. There's no better time to breed and race in Maryland. Maryland Breds Racing and Open Overnight Races in Maryland receive a 15% owner bonus and a 15% developer bonus with a top three finish. To learn more about the advantage of breeding and owning Maryland Breds, visit us at MarylandThoroughbred.com or call them 410-252-2100. All right, thanks to our friends at the uh, Maryland uh, Breeding Association for sponsoring this segment with Jerry Mack. All right, Jerry, I'm going to, you are officially, your official title for Pompa Racing is the stable manager. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So tell everyone in this one-on-one segment, we're just kind of educating a little bit. What does the stable manager do? And then I want you to tell me specifically, because you did a little bit of everything for Pompa. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, we started out very small. Started claiming a couple of horses, getting a little action going. Then, like, after about a year, Paul goes, let's expand. He sent me down to uh, OBS, my trainer. And uh, we bought a, you know, first two-year-old he bought for 100000 which at the time I thought was a lot of money. <laughs> it ended up being this Bianco appeal, ended up winning a stake race. So he started off on the right foot. So eventually we got a few more horses. I mean, he was running a trucking company at the time, Paul. So he's like, he's, you know, he had all kinds of stuff going on. He put me in charge of the horses, checking with the trainers, making sure they're working out, looking at the condition books. Even though we wanted the trainers to really pick out the races. But, you know, I would always have a little hand on if there was a race coming up. And just the well-being of the horses. And, uh, it was like a whole team effort, you know. So you had you were basically a liaison for Paul to the racing world. Is that a good way of putting it? I mean, uh, when he first got into horse racing, uh, you know, through his father, I used to hang out with his father. We claimed a couple of horses. He had a small stable at Monmouth, and he, he asked me for my advice. And then when Paul, like 1999, he goes, I want to get into horse racing. 
And I said, Paul, 90, 95% of the people lose money and the other 5% lie. So <laughs> he laughed. He said, let's well, try he it. Said- he goes, I'm a real good businessman. And let's just see what we could do with this. And it started small. And uh, by the time it rolled into like getting into the area of Big Brown, I mean, we were up to like 40 horses at that time. Did you and buy Big Brown? I needed yearling? help. I needed help. Did you all purchase Big Brown's a year? It's just me and you, he said. It's just me and you. We had no secretaries, no people on that side. It was just me and him. We contacted the the, the horse, uh, you know, uh, secretaries. We were doing everything, you know. And the trainers are there with us, obviously. But, uh, you know, we, we had a wild ride, I swear. It was really wild. So when you all uh, purchased Big Brown, Big Brown was a yearling. Is that correct? Well, we got Big Brown's a two-year-old still. Okay. All right. I picked the horse out because we owned the, we we claimed the horse in Gulfstream Snake River Canyon for eighty thousand. All right. Mm-hmm. So we get the horse. Reynolds was our trainer at the time. He liked the horse. So we were action action guys. He goes, we're running right back in the same race for 80. The same owners, we win the race easily, and the same owner claims them back. So the mother, I was right, I was tracking all the horses I had. I put the dams down in my book. So every sale would come up, I cross-reference, and here's this this dam, Mien. Oh, there's a horse in the sale. Uh, you know, the, the dam is man. He goes, all right. He goes, let's uh, let's go for it, right? So we send our crew over there. Guys from Hidden Brook. They were like the, uh, the uh, farm we used. They went over. They looked them over. They said it looks pretty good. And uh, we sent our vet in there, Mike Chavanis. He gave him a very high rating. So he said, oh, we'll just start bidding on him and see how high it goes. So we got him all the way up to like 180, 90. Paul told him, hit it again. So I said, Paul, don't go over 200. I mean, you know, the horse doesn't look like he's going to, you know, even get to get a mile and a quarter. Forget it, you know. <laughs> and uh, the Mien was a, a turf bread, a Nuriyev mare. So, boom, we have Big Brown. You know, it was just like, the guys at the Hinbrook said the horse looked very good, you know. Our vet said he looked very good. So we got him for 190. We get him back. And uh, he was training like awesome. And Pat Reynolds said, this is one of the best two-year-olds I've ever had in my life. And, uh, and the rest was history after that. I mean, it was just an incredible ride. But uh, that was a big – after we hit that – we were in a really big role at that time. We had backseat rhythm. She won multiple grade ones. I mean, we were hooked up with uh, the IEH people after we, we sold Big Brown to them. We were buying horses with them. I mean, it was this uh, whirlwind going on at the time. And, uh, you know, he was having so much fun, Paul. I mean, he just uh, – from a guy from an investor – anything and everything I knew about horse racing too, he absorbed it all, and then he had a passion that was unbelievable for the horses. I mean, he just loved them, you know. 
So Big Brown wins the Derby. Are you there? What's the reaction? Well, let me go back to the first race. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. All right. coming very intelligent trainer i said pat this guy could run i said you know you got him on grass he goes he could run on grass dirt glass concrete he said this is one of the best two years i've ever had he said tell paul to come up here and wear a suit i said okay we're going with, we're getting so we drive taken. up there we up in a limousine go to his office wait picks me up we drive up there. Now we're waiting around. We have another horse in a uh, race right after his. I said, let me hook up a pick three, pick four. So, you know. So, you know, at the beginning, Edgar Prado was going to ride him. Just race. retired, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Congratulations, Edgar. I love the guy. He's an unbelievable oh, guy. Wins. Wrong with anyway, that. Edgar broke his wrist. We had to get a substitute jockey. We get Jeremy Rose. Which I knew he was top Maryland guy, you know. I said, okay, whatever. So we go out into the paddock. He had the one hole. Get this. We're walking around. He's walking around the tree. He rears up. Goes over backwards. Cool. Pat ran over. He's trying to pull him down. The groom's there. I go to Pat. I go to Paul. Paul, we have no chance here. You know, <laughs> he, almost hit, he almost hit his ass on the floor. He goes, all right. So now down. I watched him go through the tunnel. And Pat told Jeremy, just hold on. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? The horse is like 15th to 1 at the time. So Paul goes to the window. He makes a nice bet. I make a nice bet. And uh, he goes out there. He just dusts the field. I guess everybody knows the story. And uh, Jeremy Rose came back and he uh, threw a couple of profanities out. He goes, this is the fastest bank length my course I ever rode. And uh, I told Paul on the way home, I said, the phone's going to be ringing off the hook, Paul. Now, we're really basically new into the game. He's only in the game like seven years. He's had a course maybe at the Tucky Derby type. First time out, two-year-old. Everybody wants one. And sure enough, the phone was ringing like crazy. We're getting offers from all over the place. And uh, we wanted to stay in. Paul, he's an action guy. He goes, I don't want to sell a whole horse. I want, you know, I want to have a piece of it. So a couple of big guys out there, you know, like the Dollies and the Dolphins, they wanted to buy them for big money, but couldn't get a piece. And then uh, we had this uh, bloodstock agent, we know Nick Saluso. He was working for IEAH at the time, you know, and they had some big horses, right? They called us up. They go, we're going to meet and we're going to give you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> Paul goes, all right. So we're on a, like a three-way, and I'm listening. Paul's listening. I'm sitting across from him. And uh, the guy goes, we'll give you like $4 million to stay in for 25%. I just put my thumb up in the air. I said, Paul, you, you got to take that. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my god! You know, stay in for 25%. You give me that kind of cash. I mean, you know. And sure enough, now they get him. They send him over to Dutcho, Dick Dutcho. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a whole change around now with all the jockeys off. They're getting tent to saw motor to ride them. And I'm all pumped up. I say, this is like fantasy, you know. 
I said, Is this right before the Florida Derby? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What's that? Right before the Florida Derby, right? Florida Derby. All, yeah. So what happens? He's gonna, they're going to put him in the two-year-old prep race at, uh, to run him in the Breeders' Cup two-year-old grass race. So he had major quarter crack problems, all right? So he gets a quarter crack right before the race. They can't run him in that. Let's put him on the sidelines. They put him on the sidelines, and I wasn't too familiar with Dick Dutchrow. He's a top horseman. And uh, I, I said, what's the story? Let's lay him up, bring him back to Ulstream, and let's see how far we get him. We'll, maybe we'll make like the your Travis or you know, Haskell, whatever, after he wins, you know. I said, okay, you think he's that good? He goes, yeah, he trained excellent. So now, a funny story, I got to tell you, I'm in Vegas for the National Handicapping Tournament. So I'm with all my buddies over to the wind, and they got the Kentucky Derby future bets. So I'm rubbing my pocket. I got 8,000 in my pocket, right? And I look up, Big Brown's 300 to 1. Oh, <laughs> Like, I tell my friends, they go, what about your horse, the Big Brown? I said, I don't think he's even in training. You know, it's, it's January, you know? <laughs> I got to call up. I call up Dutcho. He goes, hey, babe, what's up? I said, uh, I'm in Vegas, and I'm just looking at this board for Big Brown. He's 300 to 1. He goes, for what? I said, for the Derby. He goes, he's walking around Shedra with no shoes on right now. He goes, you know, if we get him ready for the summer, I'd be happy. I don't even put $10 on him. I said, okay. All right. All of a sudden, it's, it's February 6th, and they got him in an allowance race on the grass. And I'm like, uh, babe, what happened? He goes, he just turned the corner. He started working tremendously. But, but okay. So first race he's going to run was a grass race. It's pouring rain. It's coming down. You can't believe in the morning. Now IEH is involved, and they have some partners, and Ring and Paul, and Dutro, and we're going to have like a 10-way. Everybody's all over the country, and so we run them on the dirt. Well, listen, uh, you could run them on anything, as far as I heard from, uh, you know, Pat Reynolds said we could run them on anything. And Dutro said, yeah, I think he's okay. In the first race, he went by like 15 and a half. Against us. Oh. You know, it wasn't a great allowance for you, but he won. So right away, we're looking at Florida Derby. I'm a Florida Derby. He just, uh, he just won a 1X, you know. And then, of course, he gets post 12. No horse ever yeah. won from post 12 in the Florida Derby. And I'm saying if he wins this race, he's a super horse and he won that race easily. Five. Now we're going to go to the Derby. I'm like, everybody's ecstatic, you know. So Paul says, uh, get the whole family together, 27 people. He flies us all out to the Derby. So I'm doing the numbers. I'm a thoroughbred guy, and he's running like minus twos as a three-year-old. He's like, unbelievable numbers. Sure. And they said, I don't think he could get beat here, but let's see how the draw goes. Of course, we get down, there's three numbers left. Pick your, you pick your post. So Ivan goes, I just take the 20. Uh, Tony, I couldn't believe he said that. I'll just take the 20. No horse has ever won from the 20 hole. So now we have to win consecutive races, you know, from the 12 hole at Gulfstream to the 20 hole at Churchill. And uh, he pulled that off. I said, 
I don't, I, we might have a triple crown horse. Yeah, I swear, this is like unbelievable. And of course, listen, the Belmont is just, that's those, when you went three races in five weeks, something to just happen to a horse. I mean, there's all this talk about that windstroll thing, this, that. The horse just, uh, that day, maybe he just didn't have it. We don't know. Nobody will ever know. But he came back. He won the Haskell. Yeah. He won that turf race. We were going to run him in the Breeders' Cup, but he got the quarter cracks again. So we did what it's right for the horse. We syndicated them. And, uh, you know, I go see him every year. When I go up to Saratoga, I stop at Quest World, go over and pet him, yell out, hey, Brownie, comes running over. I mean, the horse is living a nice life. Good, man. I mean, that was just a blast. I can tell you what happened after that, but we started breeding to him. But we had 101 big brown babies four years. And none of them were really turning out too good, you know. Yeah. And then finally we had to say, you know, all right, we have to get out and sell them all. That was a heartbreaker. But we kept a couple. Paul told me, pick out three of them you like. Pick out this hard study. Things are like babies at the time. And send it in. And one other one, he didn't do well, but send it in hard study, both one like a half a million, you know. So he had a couple of decent horses. He had Dortmund for Baffitt. That sure. was a nice one. Huge horse. He still he puts out a, he puts out some nice New York Reds right now, you know. That smoking hot brown. Anytime I see a big brown horse, I get just got twenty dollars on just for the you know the hell of it because I love the horse, you know. So Louie, one of the hundred big brown uh, offspring was Puka, right. a f- who is the well, mayor exactly. for for Good Magic. Yep. I remember yeah, to Good Magic was Mage. Originally. Yeah, it was Mage's uh, uh, mom. So, uh, the big brown line wins the Kentucky Derby this year uh, as the damn sire. I'll ask Jerry, do you remember who was on Dr. Cal who finished second behind Big Brown when he broke his maiden at Saratoga? Oh, that's a tough one. That was a, that was a mat sauce, but I remember that. How about that? Ket DeZorbo, how about that? Ket saw the back okay. of him, <laughs> and they got to ride him. How about that? I think that's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a bad I mean, change uh, of fate for him, though. It's, he's like a fantastic specimen. If you ever see him up close, I'm telling you, man. But uh, it, it was it was a ride. I loved it. And you had a couple other good ones uh, come along. You all had Country Grammar for a while before you all sold them, and Baffert took them over. Uh, you all also owned Connect, and is, you all do you still does the, does the the state of Paul because Paul passed away? Do they still own Connect? Yes, we uh, okay. when Paul uh, syndicated them, we took ten percent, ten percent of them. So we still have uh, you know four breeding shares, and uh, plus a syndicate, you know. So that's been going well. He's been putting out some nice runners. He had that rat on roll, really turned into a nice horse. He's got the Philly Hidden Connection running this weekend. You know, it's it's sporadic. Oh, the Ohio you know, Derby big this years, and he's only been there for, you know, it's only his three crops. So he could turn it around at any time. I mean, into mischief, he didn't start out with a bang either. It's just the way it happens, you know. Absolutely. Tappet too. If you look back at Tappet his first three or four years, he wasn't really too much of a stallion. And then it just clicked, you know. It's a tough business breeding. Much tougher than the betting or racing horses. I mean, just... 
rattle and roll hay strike the atlas look we watched her yeah, win uh, the, Oaks. On the oaks trail this year uh hidden connection of course uh part of that group as well uh deputy connect all kinds of things so no uh, off to I me mean, cripes he's got what seven eight six figure winners already so yeah connect doing the thing that's great yeah, i mean I, I i follow most of the horses we still have like 12 out there that paul bred personally you know you know i love the guy and i just uh, every time he has a filly out there tom molly has Granny's connection. She just won like four or five in a row. She's a New York bred, and he took it down to Mama two two weeks ago. I had to go down just to see the horse. She's a big, big, beautiful animal, right? So she goes in a Mammoth race. And he's running like I think it was one X or two X open, and she just goes to the lead, never stops. She won five in a row, wire to wire. We had the mare Granny's drink. She won one race for Linda Rice. She ran off the screen. Then she got a little injury that was, uh, you know, we didn't want to take a chance. We use it for breeding. So we bred connect to her, and it got this grains connection. I mean, uh, fast Philly. I'm just hoping she gets to the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> so, Jerry, what was your – growing up, what was your home track? Like, what, where was your, your your horse racing memories? Where What track was uh, where all those formed at? I always uh, – you know, I was never involved. My my father would never take me to track. He'd take my brother, right, up till I was like 15. Then my oldest brother said, I know you like horse racing. I was, I'll take you to the track. And I had to tell him, well, don't tell dad, you know. So <laughs> I went to Aqueduct. I seen a stake race, Susan's Girl. Remember that horse? Wow. He was a champion <laughs> filly. All right. And then I, I was hooked after that. And right after I got out of high school, I said, I'm going to go work at the track. So I, I went to the track. I did my, like, 11 months walking horses, mucking stalls. It, I loved it. I get paid, like, $146 a week. <laughs> you know, you, you're working seven days a week. And it was fun, but, you know. But my brother, he's in the Printers Union. He goes, you want to make some real money? I said, uh, I guess I have to because I can't afford <laughs> know what I'm doing here. So I went into printing union. I was in there also my whole life until '99. Paul calls me and tells me about getting into the horse game, which that changed my life. So I had two two careers I had. But the uh, Aqueduct was always my favorite track. I mean, Belmont I went to a few times. You know, but, uh, basically Aqueduct. You don't hear that very often. Someone from New York saying over Saratoga and Belmont that Aqueduct's the place to go. That would I love probably it. be me. Yeah. Uh, you by would, the you way, do like that kind of track. I do like that kind of track. By the way, Susan's uh, Susan's girl, the 1972 winner of the Kentucky Oaks. How about that? All right. There you go. So yeah. she raced 63 times, 29 wins, 14 <laughs> seconds in her career. You don't see that anymore, do <laughs> you? Know, she was great. Yeah. No. yeah. We're talking about the spinster, the um, the Bell Dame, the Delaware handicap, the match. She won the matchmaker at Atlantic City when it was still in Atlantic wow. City. Second in the Vanity. And the Wilshire, grade one, grade three. Before that, won the Long Beach handicap at Hollywood Park. I mean, she won graded stakes at something coast like to coast, like ten different tracks. Wow. Yeah. No, she was. She that's was that's, that's, that's yeah. like you, and you know what, Jerry? We talk about it on this show. You know, those sixty-three starts. Fall in love with those Phillies. Fall, you know, when they're when they're two, three years old, because they're going to run forever, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the game's a little changed right now. I mean, I, I'd like to see like uh, these guys that keep their courses in training. You know, when we sold Regal Glory, we okay. grandfathered her. Uh, I don't know if she's worth 
a lot of money right now. But Peter Brandt just loved the horse. He was really great friends with Paul. And he said, I'm going to race her again. I said, really? I said, okay. You know, she was five, you know. And then she put in this spectacular season. She was winning every every race. I was just so happy. But, you know, a lot of guys, you know, when, when a mare is five, that's usually the prime age to put them into breeding. But he ran her. So now she's the... Uh, She's in full to mis- into mischief, I believe, right now. Oh, cool. oh. Awesome. Well, Jerry, I appreciate it a whole lot for coming on today. You got another one? I what don't. Got? No, appreciate Jerry. Yeah, Jerry, thanks for coming on. It's always kind of cool to see someone who, you know, was mucking stalls to run in an entire racing operation. Uh, it's pretty amazing. What? How do you like to enjoy the races now? What do you What do? You do? do you you go out to Monmouth, you go to Aqueduct, or yeah, I, I love going. Home. You know, I play a lot in the tournaments right now. I qualified for the NHE again a couple of weeks ago, but I enjoy those tournaments. You go out, I have so many friends now. It's just all the people. You know, if I go to the track now, you know, a million people coming up to me. How you doing? I love everything. Everything's great. You know, and uh, betting on the horses. Listen, it's a thrill. And it's a, it's 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 very hard to pick winners. Like all these <laughs> people that yell at Andy Sterling on TV and the guys on TVG, they're picking every single race. I mean, every single. One, if I was right. on there, I, if I get three winners a day, I'm happy. A hundred percent. And they expect these guys to pick every race. It's very hard. I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't allow me on TV because I said I'm passing that race. I'm passing that seven thousand dollar flaming race. I like, know. And I'm just going to take the races you like. You know, everybody should do that. But if I go out to the track, what I, I love to go to see is all the two-year-old races. Fresh blood. Tomorrow is a couple of beautiful two-year-old races. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope it don't rain too hard. So but I want to know then, like, because I think it's fascinating because I think you could probably look at two-year-old races a thousand different ways. How do you like to handicap a two-year-old race? What do you look at first? When they have limited well, it was uh, a lot easier when I was in the game with the trainers because yeah. everybody has an opinion, and most of these guys know when their horse is going to run. But uh, if the workout pads are very, you know, you got to see them working every seven days. You know, you try to get a nice workout before the race, not the last workout, maybe the race before that. That's their primary workout is the workout before the last. If you see a nice two year old work like a minute flat anywhere, they're ready to roll, you know. Nice. So I always look nice for that. I mean, they don't have to work 59s. If they can work a minute, they're runners, you know, for a two year old. All right. Well, Jerry, thanks again for coming on. And uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime. I yeah, appreciate it. Sure, guys. That was great. Yeah. Happy to have you on there. I love it. Hey, good to meet you, man. Thanks, good guys. to meet you. All right. There it is. Jerry Mack, uh, the. Part of the connections of Big Brown. Yeah. It's pretty interesting stuff, man. He's pretty, the guy's got stories for days, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, yeah, next time we're going to have you not show up. Let Jerry talk, and I'll just react to Jerry. <laughs> that, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you could have rolled with that interview, no problem. <laughs> All right. We're going to enter into our, uh, our our handicapping segment as we wait for our guest, Larry Ravelli, to join the show, uh, which will, and he'll tell us about his. Uh, favorite in the Ohio yeah, three Derby. horses running actually at Thistledown on Saturday uh, in different races. So. Yeah, anybody else in the stakes races here? No, but uh, one of his owners is shipping in for two of the allowance races. I'm actually interested to ask about those as well. Great. So, do you want to go ahead and start with race nine? We do. Uh, just a heads up if you haven't checked them out, first gen sports, uh, one st gen sports 
Louisvillefans.com. Check out uh, Louis Look Ahead every Saturday. It's kind of a recap of this uh, this segment on the show. We always link this part of the show, too, as well, uh, if you end up missing it. Uh, but all of my uh, takes on what will happen uh, in the sequence that we're checking out. And this week is the late pick four at, uh, at Thistledown. At Thistledown. And that starts with the Daniel Stearns Cleveland Cup. It's a mile and an eighth on the dirt for three-year-olds. Ohio Reds only $75,000 purse. Louis, where did you land in this race? So in the ninth, like you mentioned, uh, the ninth and the tenth are going to be Ohio only, right? So yep. we get the state breads here, uh, the $75,000 races. Um, by the way, did you look up who Daniel Stearns is? That's what I'm doing right now. Just, yeah. you know, you got you to gotta wait for a Daniel little bit. Daniel Stearns, kind of an important figure in Ohio racing. Okay. Uh, but also, I think the name of a serial killer. Yeah, it's probably not that guy. Um, so it's not him. <laughs> it's the other one. So go ahead and do that. Um, I, uh, I landed on a couple of uh, different horses here. So what's interesting is the prep race for this race, kind of, is a turf race at Belterra in Cincinnati. Okay. But then they turn it back and go on the dirt at a mile and an eighth uh, here. Is this, yeah, mile and eighth. Um, and so last time out, Trojan Tail, routed for the first time, seemed to really like it. Uh, comes back, keeps uh, Farron Peterson, the jockey here. Uh, she's back for this one. Uh, looks to make it three in a row. Trainer Mike Maker goes very well between surfaces. So for me, I'll be looking for that one. I think it's an obvious favorite here, the six. Trojan Tail, Paint the Town is the three horse in this race, Mike. Run well in the mud before. I think there's a chance we're actually going to get rain tomorrow and Saturday. In okay. And so if we're looking for horses that run well, when it's wet, I would look for Paint the Town. Not wet paint, but Paint the Town. Paint the Town. See how I did that? Yep, um, I like it. Decent chance. Uh, we're looking at a wet track, like I mentioned. That Gorham-Diaz combo at Thistledown, 29% together. Uh, and after getting the experience after over two turns, I think that horse will also be part of the final equation. Look for the two fair and square and the four return on investment. I think they're both interesting runners. I would learn lean toward fair and square in this one, the two horse here uh, for Tim Ham, uh, the trainer there. Horse has been running in that state bred uh, company in these uh, these stakes here, these uh, black types and listed stakes, has run behind Trojan Tail twice last two times out, but only lost by a couple lengths last time, does now have that routing experience as well. I would lean on the two first. So if I had a top three here, I would go six, three, and two. All right, so Daniel Stearns was a veterinarian who tended to the police horses yeah. in Cleveland, and then he bred some racehorses. But then I think as a, you know, a Michigan State guy, or a Big Ten guy specifically, uh, you like that he championed the Ohio State victory bell. So that you know, why would I like Ohio State? Well, I mean, just because it has something to do with Big Ten football, <laughs> and it's like the only Zach shaking his head because he knows I'm right. Hell no, I'm, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm with that too. I'm, I'm no on Ohio State all day no, long. No, but the, uh, did, I think it's cool that they named the Cleveland Gold Cup after him. I think guy obviously had a very important career. Yeah, it was around for a long time. Yep. Uh, Died what a decade ago? Something like that sounds about right. Eleven yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll move on to race 10, another Ohio bred race here for three-year-olds and up a mile and 16th on the dirt. This is the George Lewis Memorial, another $75,000 race. Where did you land in this race? Yeah, so these these state-bred races are really interesting, and I think once in a while you have to go for the harder, older horses that have been knocking around for a while. The eight big truck in here I think is a deserved favorite at three to one, three for nine at the distance. One is last two going two turns. Uh, is getting back to Rowdy here, so that makes a lot of sense. couple – Last races here, he's been sprinting. I don't think that's what he wants to do. I do think that he wants to get back to two turns. I think he'll do that. Mobile Solutions in this race, the three, eight-year-old gelding, 30 starts, nine wins, 
nine places, five shows at Thistledown in his career. So that horse does nothing but hit the board at, at Thistledown. Seven for 21 at the distance. And again, because we're in that state bred company, we're really looking at this as like a nice allowance rather than something sure. more advanced, like a grade three or grade two, something like that. Um, uh, give me those two on top. So the eight and the three. I'm fascinated by venture on the five here. By numbers, speed numbers, I should say, figures, not impressive. But the times say otherwise. We just talked about this with Jerry looking at, you know, workouts with two-year-olds or whatever it might be. In this case, he's actually quite uh, quite capable, um, and I think there's a chance that he's part of the final equation as well. So if you're looking for a longer shot horse uh, to hit the board and be part of your exacto say or the trifecta, look for the five. So I went 8-3-5 in the George Lewis. The lonesome George Lewis, as he was known. And since you're having the, uh, the rider from the plane dealer, that's exactly who – George Lewis was. He was right. the handicapper for the playing dealer. Uh, and, you know, you don't – I think one day there should be a John Sherva stakes or a Ron Flatter stakes or – Well, you know who's going to be on the Ron Flatter pod tomorrow, right? Who's that? Louis Rabot. Oh, are you? How about that? Oh, man. Like, I, didn't even know I, was, <laughs> I didn't even know I was priming that one up. I already taped that one. How about that? Yeah, so there your it boy, is. Your boy tomorrow, by the way, on this, little Isla and Louis with a little plane dealer. Yeah. A little, little Ron Flatter. That's way too much Louis Rabot. I wonder if they're there might are you are you doing the show from home tomorrow? Is that what's going on? Ooh, good question, probably. Okay. Uh, the the Zach Ohio- is just shaking his head the last like five minutes of the show. No Ohio State. <laughs> Too much Louie. And where are you doing the show? <laughs> Try to figure it all out. This Ohio bread program, though, Louie, I think is something that um really benefited from casino gambling. I mean, oh, no question. I mean, we saw Terra and um, Thistledown are both racinos. I have to think about Mahoning Valley, but I'm almost certain. No, it is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm almost 100% sure it is. Um, But that is. Oh, good. The Pistons aren't taking Amon Thompson. You didn't like Amon Thompson? Let me me tell you about the number of of horseshoe casinos I saw driving the 10 (laughs) across the the eastern part of the United States. (laughs) Well, I'm just I think that uh that no doubt about it, casino gambling, this is exactly where West Virginia and Ohio just their racing programs just bloomed out of the uh I mean they, they were around, but they became serious players once uh once that kind of those purses came in there and the breeding became uh advantageous. So uh there it is. There's the two Ohio Reds and that leads us into race eleven, which is the Lady Jacqueline. A mile and an eighth on the dirt. Phillies and mares, three-year-olds up. Now we're getting into some real money. $250,000 for illicit stakes. That's what casinos do for you, Louie. It's also how you get the field that they have. If this isn't a – this is not illicit stakes. This is at minimum a grade three, and I might go grade two minus because I multiple winners of graded stakes in here. I just – I think that this is a – I really like Interstate Daydream too, as a as a as a she's four, yeah. So as a Philly, um, I look, she's carrying the most weight in this field, and the weight is based on not on age, but rather on wins, and so sometimes that's the giveaway. Um, she won the Black Eyed Susan last year. She's two for two at the distance. Um, you get Frenchie, you get Brad Cox. This is the kind of trip that you make on purpose, and so I think uh, she's absolutely the one to beat here. She's the eight. In the Lady Jacqueline, the 663 caliber ran huge last time I mentioned her early in the show. In that grade three Shawnee at Churchill Downs, I this is technically a class drop. And I think of Idiomatic and I think of Interstate Daydream as similar horses. I do think Idiomatic's probably running a little bit better right now. And so uh, I do think that uh, that 
63 caliber. If she can repeat that performance from the Shawnee, has a serious shot here. Misty Vales in here, the five, put together a series of good runs this year, including in the DuPont, right behind Interstate Daydream last time at Pimlico. And so I think she can obviously turn the tables with a little added distance here. So I went 865 in the Lady Jackal. Of course, Interstate Daydream also won the Indiana Oaks, which we saw live uh yeah last year so uh good you know that is a good field that was and either the, the race before or after we watched ivar winner of grass race I can't remember. it was right around the yeah it was right after I think, right actually. yeah, yeah. Uh, it was all it was part of our uh our pick four ticket that you know you rooted against me to my face you rooted against me like people like texting me all oh, you you missed amen i'm like i don't care I, I really i'm unimpressed with him i think he's uh i think he could be a, a stud so uh, we'll see what the pistons do here they are on the clock uh, draft pretty much going as I'm expected hearing Hutchifino, so far um, for the Pistons. They need another uh, six foot four guard <laughs> to go with Kate Cunningham. With their and... other six foot four yeah. guards. Yeah, right. All right, <laughs> for the Big Ten. Um, <laughs> race twelve is the Grade Three Ohio Derby. This, of course, if it says Derby, it's for three year olds. Mile and eighth on the dirt, five hundred thousand dollars. We're gonna see the return of two fills here. Heavy favorite, uh, but there's probably a couple other shooters here that you liked as well, right? An interesting race. Um, Last year, we got the Tawny Port um, White Barrio matchup, yep, yep. and they went toe to toe down the stretch. We got a really good Ohio Derby last year. Um, best horse in this race is Two Fills. Look, generally speaking, the best three year olds run in the Kentucky Derby. We got that with Two Fills this year, ran a really good Derby, just mm-hmm. wasn't going to beat Mage on that day. Um, every metric points to him winning this race speed figures, trainer stats, et cetera. Um, underrated how good Larry Ravelli is at placing his horses. People who listen to this show are tired of me talking about how trainers play, place their horses. Uh, Larry Ravelli has won 34 of his 99 starts this year. Wow. Um, that's so a good, that's a good percentage. Yeah, yes, exactly. And we're talking about that, including four runs for two fills this year. He's only won one race. Tech, I mean, he's hit the board in all four, but uh, that second in the Kentucky Derby, that first, of course, in the uh, Jeff Ruby in the grade three, ran in the Risen Star and ran in the LeCompte, did not get the win in either of those. So he is technically one for two at the distance because of the Jeff Ruby. But then before that, of course, uh, finished third in the Risen Star behind Sun Thunder and Angel of Empire. Um, I do think he's the class here. Bishop's Bay is in here. Archangelo beat him in the Peter Pan. What did Archangelo do the next start? Uh, won the Belmont. Won yeah. the Belmont. Yeah. So like, once in a while, uh, you give a horse a pass for losing by a head. What I don't like about this horse is he gets in the stretch and he doesn't he doesn't pull away from horses. He likes to run right next to them. I think he's capable of pulling away and he just doesn't do it. And that bothers me. So you think he's a pack animal? I think he really is. Yeah. And it's Florent Giroux riding him. It's not like it's I right. like pushing him through the finish line or something. I don't think Florent's a good match for the horse, but I think he can win. I think he's it's an Uncle Mo, Pioneer the Nile Mare, like totally capable. Uh, they paid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this horse. They obviously think in the Spendrift uh, group that Spendthrifts, excuse me, that he's got obvious talent. I agree that he's got obvious talent and that he can win here. The other horses here that people will know that I think are the unknowns in this race are the seven Lord Miles. Sure, scratched, scratched out, out the because derby. of the stewards' decision in Kentucky to shut down all of the Safi Joseph horses. Uh, he's flying in Edgar Zayas to ride this horse. That's not an accident. He obviously thinks he has something here. The other one is Hay Strike. We've talked about Hay Strike on this show because we did the Maryland series. He ended up going to Maryland. He wins the private terms with Lasix. Runs back in the bluegrass. No Lasix. Finishes nine and a half lengths back in seventh place. The other Thompson? I think this, listen, this Thompson is a, probably not as much upside as Amen, but he, he's probably more NBA ready right now. So there you go. There he is. 
one college player taken in the first five picks of the NBA draft, which is which was going to happen. So, so Hayes Strike uh, comes back in the Texas Derby last out. And by the way, for people who want to know what we just talked about, Ozer Thompson just picked by the Detroit Pistons right after his twin brother, Eamon Thompson, went to the Houston Rockets. So there you go. Detroit's a better place to live than Houston. All right, so uh, the <laughs> Hayes Strike comes back. He wins last time out in the uh, Texas Derby. Guess what he gets? What? Lasix. Lasix. All right. Guess the last time he won without Lasix. Uh, was, yeah. He... His maiden run at Ellis Park. Okay. The pea patch. Yeah. So he's a very unknown for me without Lasix. So to me, he's not a winner here. Uh, the winner to me is two fills. If it's not him to me, it's Bishop's Bay. I would only play two horses here at most. I would play the four and the three in the Ohio. So game. what's your ticket look like here, Louis? I don't have one yet. Okay. Uh, that'll be up at firstgensports.com this weekend. You can check that out on Saturday. Um, uh, should be real easy, uh, and, and I should point this out. We did like the the beer money stuff, and we were doing some fundraising. Sure. This, you know, this is all free. This is all free because people helped us with the beer money stuff. Yeah. And now we have the website, so like, yeah, you know, you can go check it out. Uh, First Gen Sports. It's called the Lou. It's called Louis Look Ahead every Saturday, and um, go ahead and check that out. Uh, we are at Thistledown this weekend. All right, there you go. Well, I'm assuming Larry Ravelli got hung up. So I think they're either shipping in or. Yeah. Whatever else. Or he's driving to Cleveland from Chicago or something. Whatever. It is what it is. So, so uh, we, we'll effort him some other time. Uh, you, you know, we'll see what we can do to get him back on. Maybe after he wins the Ohio Derby. That would be nice. That we can get him on. So we'll try that again. So uh, thanks, you, thanks to everyone for listening. Make sure you check out First Gen Sports. Zach, thanks as always for, yeah, uh, you know, for being there for us. We, we appreciate you. How about that? Yeah. All right. Well, are you going to sit here and watch the draft for a while? I'm going to sit here and watch the draft until pick 58. <laughs> When Chris Livingston goes off the board? Chris Livingston will go earlier than that. That's my pick. I think nice. he goes in the 40s. Okay. Um, great for him. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't think Oscar Sheevway gets picked. Um, I agree with that. So, you know, it, the Huchifino, Case, and Wallace stuff, it would be interesting to watch. Do you feel like your hair's first. ever been that good? I mean, my hair is excellent all the time. So, you know. Are you on Oscar Thompson's level? For hair? Yes. Yes. I, I, really? I want to be 100% clear. Mike's hair is awesome now. If you can ever find it, find House Hunters, Mike. Oh, and my his God. hair was not awesome. <laughs> no, back then it was not awesome. That is true. Yeah, I I did let my hair grow. When I didn't you were 19, was your hair like, were you dominating? No, my hair, I, cut it, I kept it short because I didn't want to deal with it. I had all these curls and didn't want to deal with it. So, huh. yeah. I'm now, 19, though, 18 or 19, I had my hair in braids at one point. Oh, yeah. Did you lose a bet? No, it was just like being stupid one time. Like, you know, it wasn't like a permanent thing. It was like something I did for a day. So, so this Thompson got different parents than the other one. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think Is that that's his right. Brother? I think it's his brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to pay the tab. We're going to get here. We're going to watch some NBA draft. Uh, are we going to have NBA draft coverage on the uh, on the site tomorrow? First gen? It's going right now. Right now. Okay. That's going right now. So if you're watching us right now. Flip over to First Gen Sports. Uh, make sure you turn on uh, ESPN to watch the uh, draft and then read up on what uh, Jay Davis is working on. He's our NBA guy. I love it. All right. We'll pay the tab. We'll get out of here. This has been the Horse Racing Happy Hour. That was it. Oh, oh, that. Oh, oh. Let's have to play the game.